0: Ah,
1: you obviously
0: know Kung Fu. Hi, my name is Michael Lair, I'm a stunt man and fight coordinator. You might have seen my work on the Netflix film, Extraction, for which I was the fight coordinator, and uh, may have caught me as a stunt performer in films like John Wick 3, Logan, and uh, Alita Mm -hmm. Battle Angel, and you are listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast.
2: Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine (laughs) is <laughs> Joining me tonight is Stuntman Fight Coordinator. You might have seen his work in films like Alita Battle Angel, the John Wick films, and most recently as the Fight Coordinator for the hit Netflix film Extraction michael lair michael thank you so much for joining the kung fu driving podcast tonight
0: hey thank you brother appreciate you having me on
2: it's great to have you on uh, i know uh, a few of the guys that you ran with uh back in the day so uh, it's nice to have you here and I, I know we'll get into that but before we get into all of that stuff uh how are you holding up in what is uh definitely some strange and surreal times <laughs> i'm i'm doing pretty good appreciate
0: you asking um Yeah, you know, in in a strange way, uh, trying to see the silver lining in a lot of things. Uh, Obviously, you know, I hope everyone's safe, hope everyone's doing well. And I know we're all anxious to get back to work, but of course there's, you know, not only a pandemic, but also, you know, a lot of like political turmoil and stuff. And, uh, you know, I I definitely um, just support all of uh, my fellow minorities out there hope that we can you know turn things around and we all come up uh, better and standing together for it but uh yeah no it's been it's been pretty wild i'm actually uh, if i'm gonna find a silver lining it, it's that i've been able to spend some good time at home back in los angeles you know i feel like i i never see my own apartment because i'm constantly <laughs> off working in other places and it's really great to just reconnect and, and be back in the city that i i really do love and uh you know consider my home it's it's great to be uh getting a little bit of time to take a breather and just uh, recuperate everything, you know, get the mindset straight again.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, uh, LA has been in the news. Are you close to any of that stuff? No, I'm I'm up in the valley and, you know,
0: it's pretty sleepy up here. We've, we've got some uh, protests going on. My uh, my girlfriend works in uh, the medical field and is, is with COVID positive patients, you know, on a weekly basis. And so, you know, we can sort of consider it socially responsible for me to, uh, you know, not... Not necessarily go out and be interacting with a lot of stuff, so I've got to kind of support a lot of the 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 peaceful protests on the sidelines and everything. But for the most part, here it's been very very chill, very safe. By the time it reached here, you know all the uh, all the gatherings, it was pretty slow in terms of what uh, what was happening. Like the curfew was basically off, so. Hasn't been hasn't been too uh, um, uh, turbulent up here. It's been pretty calm.
2: Good, good. Stay safe. Stay safe. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody else is the same. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I want to throw back to uh, one of the first things that I saw you in. Uh, it was a gunfu fight <laughs> that uh, a friend of yours did, uh, Brian Sloyer, uh, and Emmanuel Manzanares directed it, I believe. Do you remember that short? Yeah, I absolutely re- remember that short. a—I that feel like a lot of people bring that
0: one up because it's, it's one of the more recent few things that I've done as, as far as an indie project in a while. And, you know, of course, you know, Slawyer and Manny, they're such <laughs> great friends. You know, I, I hold them in really high regard and very, uh, you know, I was very uh, flattered anytime, you know, they asked me to come work with them and very humbled. Uh, yeah, that one was crazy because it was just, I, I hope you've had a chance to talk to those guys about it, but I feel like they would agree that we we sort of did it on a, a whim. You know, Manny had to kind of fit it in. You know, he had this concept he wanted to do, and, you know, it was, it was only going to be in town for like a few days before, you know, he, he went out of town. And we tried to throw it together really quick. And I think that we all thought it would be much easier <laughs> to do. We had this kind of creative vision for how we wanted to do it as far as like flow and feeling and you know, everything like that. And experimentally, you wanted to push our, our craft. And then we came back from the first day and we're like, I don't know. Uh, it's just, I feel like we're not doing what we wanted to do it's, it's not as good as we hoped it would be so we you know we kind of ended up throwing a few uh, uh reshoots in there you know manny had a few pickups he wanted to get and then i think we just left it feeling like we did terrible <laughs> like, oh. none of us <laughs> felt like super proud of what we had done we all felt like oh man are we like slipping like you know like well you know maybe it was me you know I, I i wasn't at my a game you know it's like, i think all three of us were saying that at some point in time to, to the other two and then uh you know lo and behold it comes out on youtube and he's all like hey you know what we gave it our best shot and We were like you know let's let's feel good about it and then everyone loves it so you know that was a, a sort of a, a blessing right there to, to have it go out there and, and you know that people get enjoyment out of it i thought we were very uh you know very flattered by that even though you know i feel like we all personally wanted to uh kind of push ourselves a little bit more with it
2: <laughs> well maybe there's a sequel in the works then
0: yeah you know that's the that's the crazy thing we're always sort of um talking to each other and being like oh you know what i'd love to do i'd love to revisit this i'd love to you know work on that and then you know it's it it all becomes these weird pipe dreams where you're you're hoping that you can get the time and, and stuff to work on it. And lo and behold, this the first time that, you know, some of us are in the same town as each other, uh, and then, you know, someone else leaves. Or, you know, then like all of a sudden there's like a, a, a you know, stay at home order and you can't really go, you know, you got we got social distancing. So like, all right, well, I guess the world's just going to conspire against us for a
2: while. But someday it just means we get to plan more and more and more. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that's how uh, Emmanuel uh, uh tends to work. Uh, he gets an idea and he, he calls him... Them- People to uh, get together and do it. Are you game for any time that you know one of your boys calls and, and uh, says, "Let's let's film something."
0: Yeah, it's it's so funny. Like uh, earlier today, actually, someone um, like a, a really talented artist put up a, a piece of artwork with a lot of you know indie guys in there. You know, sort of like a, a cool little drawing thing, and you know it had a lot of people's portraits. You sit there and look at him, like, "Hey, I know that guy. I know that guy." Like, "Oh, that's cool." And then um, I was like, "Oh man, like I'm I'm sort of honored to be you know part of that. Con- you know, one of the faces on that piece of paper where it's." you know the indie guys like some of the old indie like people from you know like the youtube and everything like that and i was super stoked because like i feel like i haven't really contributed much to the indie world i was telling uh, one of the other stuff on that drawing jerry quill about it this morning that you know i feel like i haven't contributed as much as a lot of these other guys so you know when they're when they get the spark when they get something in there i'm always like oh please please <laughs> you know I, let me be a part of it i want to be part of something you know it's <laughs> like i'm always uh, stoked what they're doing because you know that they're like me you know they're artists and they want to express something really cool and I'm, I'm i always love seeing what those guys come up with because you know you talk to them and you know that they're always constantly you know sort of evolving ideas in their heads they're just slowly boiling over and you're like all right at one point in time we're all gonna get the chance to shoot one of these and it's gonna be loads of fun you know so you're sort of waiting for that day and you know it takes you back a little bit especially if it's you know the, your old indie buddies and everything it's you know even as we we sort of work on like bigger projects we sort of You know, we don't get the chance to revisit what that was like, you know, just having that very bold indie spirit of a few dudes getting together with some cameras and, you know, laughing and and having fun. And, you know, that's that's your hangout for the day.
2: Yeah, it's it seems like such a great hangout, too. And uh, it had touches of, uh, I guess, some John Woo, some equilibrium in there. So it looked really fantastic. I I had a lot of fun with that short.
0: I appreciate it. Yeah, I hope hope those guys get to hear that, too. I I still like it. I think it's fun. I don't think I look as good as you know, like Manny's work and Brian's work in it. But I'm I'm glad they uh, they let me come and hang out with them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, what is your background in martial arts? Because you moved really well in that short and uh, other things that I've seen you in. So, do you have an extensive background? Uh, I appreciate that. I I would uh, I would say that I actually was a, a bit of a late
0: bloomer. You know, I started when I was sixteen, about to turn seventeen, and the school I went to was a, a taekwondo school. It's called the. Uh, midwest martial arts it was out in fairborn ohio uh we're, you know military family transferred out there so it wasn't a whole lot to do in that area besides go to school you know go through, go to your part-time job and then um what else uh, martial arts all right yeah i'll do that and uh yeah it was it was they said that we were a taekwondo school but uh he had a very hybrid system it's i guess it it would have been like mma back before mma was a catch term and you know, I, I, you know, most people just call it a contemporary martial arts blend or something like that. Or or some circles might be referred to as NHB, you know, no holds barred. <laughs> we're, we're doing, you know, we're wearing Taekwondo dough box and, you know, the whole belt system and everything. And while we're doing Pumse in forms, then we're, you know, we're turning right around. We're putting on Muay Thai pads. We're doing like shin kicks, plumbing each other into knees and elbows and then shooting double legs and trying to take each other down and throw arm bars and kimuras on each other. Are you sure this is Taekwondo? Like, I don't I don't see a lot of... <laughs> You know, the, some of these tournaments where they're doing like all the board breaking, Where's the part where they, uh, where they us somebody? And like, oh, <laughs> I guess we're a different school, you know? So I guess, you know, in general, my, my background has always been sort of a, a mix, you know, and that, that school led me to a lot of different interests. You know, it's like we did a little bit of Kali, we did a little bit of, even some JKD stuff in there, but you know, like boxing and wrestling and, you know, th- it, it really gives you an appreciation for sort of the, the menagerie of martial arts that are out there. There's so many cool things and you know, that, you know, I always thought it was really cool. I'm a big fan of games like Street Fighter, Tekken. You know, you're sitting there, you're watching all these guys with different styles, and you're like, I want to learn that, and I want to learn that, and I'll put a little <laughs> bit of that on my plate. So, you know, eventually, once I sort of broke away from from that school and I'd been training there for a while, it was you know about looking to find other arts, you know, and so for a while I was, you know, I really committed into doing Muay Thai, and then, you know, I did like kabo for a few years, did some Judo for a few years, and, you know, just really tried to, to push myself as, as much as I could, you know, I, I feel like my background really started more as an actor than as a, a, a stunt person. So mm. even though I love that martial arts, you know, it was, it was, for me, it was always about sort of serving a, a storytelling aspect and trying to be able to be, you know, moldable and, and malleable and like, you know, be able to to fit whatever roles that you got to do. And, you know, if, if Asian guys at that point in time, were only going to be able to do roles with martial arts, and well, I should know a lot of martial arts so I can get more roles and, this is, you know, a 16 year olds thought process at the time in the middle of the Midwest, <laughs> maybe not the most informed, but you know, it, it led me down a path where I got to learn a whole bunch of cool stuff and, you know, really get an appreciation for all these different art forms that, uh, you know, you might not necessarily see if you, if you get loyal just to one style, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it, it may not have been informed, but you know, without pulling any punches, that's kind of how it was for a while. And, and, you know, maybe to some people it still is. Do you, Do you find that you still run into that kind of thing where because you're Asian, you kind of get uh, put into that uh, particular box when you're going out for roles or, or are you beyond that now?
0: Yeah, I would say that uh, I, I, I just sort of left acting behind, you know, for the for the most part. I, I still respect the craft. I love it deeply. You know, I, I'll, I'll practice it on my own every now and then. And, you know, obviously we'll work on our own little indie projects and you know, I'll give myself a, a small role just to play, you know, just to, to be part of that craft again. But in terms of like seeing the landscape of especially Asian males, you know, and, and minorities in film and TV at large, I think it's on the prog- more progressive path. You know, like I think back when I first started you know, doing like theater and things like that, you know, I was like a, like a middle schooler, you know, my, the people that I looked to were, it's like Bruce Lee, I guess, you know, you're looking at Jackie Chan and Jet Li and Donnie Yen and, you know, all these like big Asian actors and, and really they're, they're just punching and kicking, you know, it's like, it just seemed like that was a, pre, a prerequisite for trying to be an actor as, you know, as, as an Asian male, no disrespect to them. They're obviously great you know performers, even without martial arts, you know, But it seemed like the only thing I could find as examples, you know, of an Asian man acting was also, you know, they had to, at some point, be able to do a punch or a kick or jump up and fly around somebody. So, you know, that was sort of the impetus. And I think nowadays you you see movies, um, what was I just watching with my girlfriend, Um, like Always Be My Maybe. And like, that's a movie that is so much entrenched in Asian culture without being about solely just Asian culture. It speaks more to them just being people, you know, who just have different backgrounds. You know, you could replace those characters with you know almost any ethnic background and it wouldn't have made that big of a rewrite <laughs> i guess in my opinion you know it wasn't that th- their race was central to that uh, or, or i guess integral to that plot you know it was more integral that their their relationship was was there and that's to me very encouraging because you know that shows that not only are you know we willing to watch those things you know it's like it's not just the asian people coming to something like joy Luck club it's you know everyone's getting a chance to check it out and everyone loves that movie and think it's great so yeah, I had a, a really fun time watching things sort of progress in that direction. I think it's getting better all the time, you know? It's it's tough, definitely, but, uh, and I guess it, I may have a different theory on that if I was still trying to be an actor, I suppose, instead of working in stunts. But, you know, for me, even in the stunt realm, you know, when I'm fighting as like a ninja or a goon, I can look around the room and like half the time, it's not even all other Asian guys, you know? There were all these different, you're know, so, like, still looking at just martial artists of every different, different ethnic background and thinking like, hey, cool, we can all just be, you know, Kuroko-style goons wearing face masks and being uh, <laughs> nondescript in the background.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. Well, how did you get involved then in film and entertainment to begin with? What what drew you to that whole thing? Yeah, I came from a theater background,
0: so originally, you know, I, like as I mentioned, I, I sort of trained as an actor first. And I went to college for that, got a degree, and then I was doing an internship in Cincinnati at the Ensemble Theater of Cincinnati, and the artistic director there, a woman by the name of Lynn Myers who had worked as like a uh, she, had, she had done casting on Shawshank Redemption when it was in town like there in uh, in Ohio um, it was sort of like a, a really big link to Hollywood in my eyes I was like oh my gosh she's been part of one of the greatest movies ever you know I really valued her expertise her vice you know I, and she was really good at being sort of like uh, she could really see into what was making a person tick and I think she called me out very very well and like sort of knew that you know, I could continue in theater and potentially go back to school, or go, you know, sort of for higher education, or maybe go to New York or Chicago, like you know I had previously planned, and you know attempt to work on stage there. But being young, being sort of, you know, at the time, I think uh, a lot of people would have also had this uh, interpretation to me that you know I was very much like a grown child. I was like you know twenty twenty two years old, twenty one years old, or something at the time, and and just being a very bright bubbly maybe some might say naive uh, <laughs> young, young man uh just with with a lot of energy you know she was like maybe you know you should go back to southern california and try it out And like you know everything else will always be there so you know that's how i sort of wound up in los angeles and lo and behold one of the first things that happened there is due to potentially you know, typecasting casting of the time you know, it was like 2007 um I did start landing more roles that had martial arts and almost everything had to have some kind of a punch or a kick. And I'd be like the goon or something of the main villain or whatever. But then uh, I, I landed a job working on uh, doing motion capture for a video game called Sleeping Dogs. It eventually became this game called Sleeping Dogs. And I worked on that for maybe a year and a half. It was a very long time. I don't remember exactly how long, but it was a very long production process. And there was a lot of heavy, it reminded me a lot of theater, like the idea of motion capture, like you, you run the scene from beginning to end, there's no real breaks, and you're covered in these balls and like spandex, and there's <laughs> yeah. nothing around you that looks real. And that's the thing I loved about theater was that you could suspend your disbelief so so far and make it real that, you know, that was what we were doing in motion capture. And it just seemed really great and really fun to me, you know, especially this video games, you know, I'm a gamer. Um, and so through that, I ended up running into a lot of stunt people. Sure. more often than I'd run into other actors, you know, it's like, you're sort of going from casting station to cast station, you know, uh, our office and then you're you're working on these things where you're going to see different people all the time as maybe just like a small one line actor or something. But then, you know, in stunts, like you're constantly running into the same stunt people and sleeping dogs had that a lot. You know, we ran into each other a lot. And I was like, you know, guys like Travis Wong or Zin Wuku, you know, people that I started to, you know, look up to Michelle Lee, you know, great, great stunt performers. And, I just fell in love with the idea of like stunt performing because of the people. It had that sense of camaraderie, you know, and, and like a like a family, you know. That that's what I had originally gotten out of theater when I was in school, when I was in my internship, and that I, I hadn't been finding as much in acting in Los Angeles, you know, trying to get into television and film. But I definitely found it with the stunts, you know, and like people for the most part very upfront, they're very truthful, you know, in terms of if you say you can do a backflip in a group of people where everyone's doing backflips you're probably not lying or you're very quickly outed as someone who can't do it. And <laughs> right. and I had just been in a weird string of running into a lot of fellow actors who, you know, um, just for one reason or another, you know, you're, you're trying to impress people and you're trying to, to make people believe that you can change yourself to suit all these different things. And in that some people tend to overshoot, they can tend to lie, I suppose, about you know what they can and cannot do. And you know, in stunts, if you lie about something you can or can't do, you know, often that can be You know uh, that can lead to very you know terrible things, injuries. You know, like or worse happening. And so, um, the fact that we all sort of kept safety as a a frontline thing within that community, and that we were very upfront about how to do that. You know, at least from what I'd seen. You know, just just breaking out as like you know sort of an indie guy. Everyone I met sort of shared that same work ethic that I found in the theater, that I found in martial arts, even, and that's what really drew me to that community. You know, so. Yeah, in about two thousand thirteen, I kind of sat down and got real with myself and said, I I think I really just enjoy being part of this community, and that's the thing that I want to do with the rest of my life is be part of that, you know. So that's uh, that's the journey <laughs> that uh, it's probably very long and rambling and stuff, but uh, yeah, for the most part, that's how I ended up sort of getting my real appreciation for uh, for the stunt community.
2: That's an interesting thought process because you you know you started out uh, wanting to do acting and you found the uh, this niche in uh, stunt performing do you remember what your first paid stunt gig was oh yeah oh man yeah
0: my, my first like real like i guess stunt job like stunt gig would have been in uh we did this show called the deadliest warrior and uh it was on spike tv it was like 2008 yeah, right. I, I got i got pulled in to be essentially like a co-host i was like uh it was like the spartans versus the ninjas this was actually the pilot i think it aired like third invitation or something when it finally went and uh yeah i was one of the co-hosts on the ninja side and they just needed someone who could do sort of all the martial arts stuff, which is like, you know, testing a lot of equipment. And then, uh, you know, but then also sort of stick to this, uh, um, you know, sort of like this loose script about, you know, you're kind of improvising just make sure you tell the history in this way and stuff, make sure you get this idea in. So it links to this. Wasn't really a quote unquote scripted show from what I can remember, but you know, they, they were like, Oh, we're talking about this weapon. Make sure you address this thing that makes the weapon really interesting. You know, I'd say, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I already knew that. So sweet. This is going to be great. And then I get to use that weapon to hack something, which was just awesome. So, you know, and that was, you know, I, I remember that being a long process. And that's actually how I met the guy who would get me into um, the motion capture stuff. Uh, you know, so that was sort of my frame of that. And it, it was just proof that like networking is really everything, you know, so you never know when you're going to be able to link one job to another job and who you're going to meet that, you know, you will end up being around for quite a long time, you know, or forever or, or not, or however it goes. So yeah that, was like, yeah, that was a really weird intro into uh, into the idea, like stunts. Like It sort of bled the line. It was like a reality TV thing. But also, yeah, I mean, you're going to hold this sharp thing and swing it at something. Don't kill yourself or anybody <laughs> else with it when you do it, please. Like, oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, stunts and action and uh, that whole scene has evolved quite a bit, particularly when a, a film franchise that uh, you were involved in, the, the John Wick franchise, mm-hmm. uh, that opened up the eyes for – for fans and for hollywood producers when it showed what action can be if it's put in the right hands and in, 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 in this particular case it was guys who knew what stunts and action should look like uh, and uh, could depict it really well on screen uh, and you got to be involved in john wick 2 and 3 so uh, what was that experience like for you yeah that was that was a wild one that was really cool because the uh, you know i'm so I'll, I'll sort of wind it back a little bit. The
0: way I got into it was I was working uh, at 8711 on a film called Brothers, which is a Bollywood movie. Uh, it's like a remake of the the film Warrior, the one that uh, starred Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy. Um, and so I ended up going out there to double in India um, for the five-month run and uh um, Justin you and Eric Brown, who are two of the 8711 uh, uh, vets and also Vlad Rinberg, yep. you know, obviously, um, that you, you know, from the indie world, we, we were able to go over there and work on that film. It was my my first real chance to work side by side with 8711, like on a, a show that was going to really ca- sort of carry their uh, their stamp on it. And it was a very humbling, very eye-opening experience for me. You know, I'd, I'd sort of been working through um, 8711, doing some some help on things for, uh, for Larnell Stovall um, through, through Manny and Vlad and, you know, I was very grateful to just get in the door because I was seeing this gigantic evolution of how stunts was sort of handled. I mean, they really had that whole thing down. It was going from the indie world into that was <laughs> wild because I, I got to see this, you know, just this level of like science sort of. I don't want to say like military sort of precision and discipline, but it, it definitely reminded me of like old martial arts discipline, you know, like where you're very respectful, you know, you, you know, you, you bow in and out and, and things like that, you know, and just everyone there was like, Oh, these guys are all black belts. Everyone <laughs> has like a black belt and they're, they're scary. These are all the people that like back in, you know, back at, in Ohio, like I was, I was always like getting my butt kicked by, you know, just constantly up and down the mats. Uh, so, you know, it was really cool the uh, uh but when we were working on on brothers that's when they had already you know made john wick and they're waiting for it to come out and so uh obviously that came out in like november of 2014 i want to say and that was so we were in india at the time and that movie just blew up it was massive oh yeah so as soon as we came back uh justin you and eric brown started work you know they they ended up going to help work on um the second one under uh jj perry and Luckily, they brought me in to be one of uh, Keanu's training partners. I was very, very, you know, uh, just flabbergasted. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I'm, I'm going to meet one of my heroes, and also get to work with you know him. That's absolutely wild. And it was such a man the work ethic that was needed to make sure that we got in there because that's the thing with you get an actor like Keanu Reeves and he just doesn't stop working. And then you have you know some of the guys at eighty seven eleven who are you know they're just infinite wells of knowledge and skill. And in my perspective, I was like. At, man the challenge here is just keeping up with all of this you know and still being able to to do a good job and trying to impress and you know it was it was definitely a great eye opening experience for me that led to me. I actually got to do a little fight sequence with Keanu in the in the second movie, but uh, it ended up getting uh, cut, and they had to do some like pickups on, on another scene. And that was, you know, that in the fight scene, I got replaced with is still pretty awesome though. <laughs> as, as is most of the action in those movies are just like, uh, man, it's like Halloween candy levels of action for people. But then in the third one, uh, yeah, they asked me to come back again, and, and I was again very very honored to and privileged to be able to do that. And uh, I thought I was just going to be maybe like one goon, I run in get shot maybe fall down maybe fall down really (laughs) hard and then uh it ended up being like oh no you're gonna be like one of like mark lakaskis has like these like ninjas that kind of help him out you're gonna be one of those you know like kind of core guys we'll we'll see in several scenes and i thought it was going to be a week it ended up being like two months of work it was so awesome you know and and it just it man being a part of that series is wild because it changed. Like we we're living in sort of the John Wick era of action design right now. You know, they revolutionized everything. Chad really, really pushes hard. You know, what Chad and Dave did with the first movie is, you know, it's like you like you said it, you know, like we hadn't really had that generation of filmmakers that had been just fully matured in stunts in sort of the same way, you know, who came up as like, you know, like a, in a world of like fight specialists and like previous and all that sort of stuff. And they really understood what they were doing. So yeah, that was that was crazy because just to say that I was a part of it, it was very um yeah, I don't know. I I almost feel like, man, did I live up to it? Like that's that that carries such a big burden of like you know if you're gonna be in WIC, like you gotta be like top of the game. And I'm like, well, uh, I guess it's just like that gun Foo fight. I'm like, well, I did my best. I mean, I I hope I hope it was okay. <laughs> you know, I hope I didn't. Uh, oh, I didn't disappoint anybody in there. Yeah. Uh, I love watching those movies. It's just, I, I almost giggle and laugh all the time. It's just so outrageously cool. <laughs> and I
2: mean, you're you're fighting with Keanu Reeves and Mark Dacascos. That's a pretty good day. Yeah, like we were there
0: doing, I was helping out with like rehearsals and stuff too, because I'm like a, a jujitsu guy, you know, as well. And uh, so, you know, they brought me in to help with like some of the, just be like, you know, hey, you got to show this choreography to Mark Dacascos. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, what is it? What's the choreo? Okay, awesome. And you're sitting there like, teach you know you find yourself in the middle of it like a few seconds later like you know they're asking you questions and I'm like okay well you know like you, you put your weight over here and you shift this so that way the reason why she you, you know like wait am I really just talking like jujitsu <laughs> with like 87 11 dudes and and like Keanu Reeves and Mark Dacascos like this is literally you know you just wind the clock back even like five years you know just if you I wanted to blow my younger self's mind I would have been like hey look at this picture I took on my cell phone <laughs> of you standing next to these like celebrity you know I'd have been like all that de- you know down to the spot I'm like, oh my goodness it's crazy like that's so cool you know and, that's cool but yeah just being surprised you know <laughs> about something that i have no idea how i ended up in that spot you know
2: well <laughs> somebody saw something because uh, you obviously have parlayed it into some really great stuff right now on netflix you have extraction fantastic film uh, how did you get involved with that and and for for people who don't know you are the fight coordinator for the film so Tell me about what went into that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, extraction. I'm so glad that it, it turned out really
0: well. That was a wild ride. So, the stunt coordinator of that movie, Daniel Stevens, I'd worked with him previously on Logan. He was Hugh Jackman's double for uh, for the movie Logan. And so, you know, we, in that time, you know, since 2016 when we shot that, you know, he had moved on to starting the stunt coordinate and things like that. He, you know, he and Sam go way back, Sam Hargrave, you know, and they uh uh when it came time to choosing a fight, I, I have this weird sneaky suspicion that I was probably like nineteenth down the line or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> like who else was not available? Who else was busy? But no, it was it was uh, uh I was very uh very flattered when, you know, I almost couldn't believe it when when Dan Stevens asked me if I'd be willing to be the fight coordinator on that film. And of course you're gonna jump at that opportunity and I had no idea what it was going to be. I just knew it was going to be a cool film where, you know, like Sam was going to make his directorial debut. And, you know, obviously I, I'd, I'd watched Sam Hargrave for years, you know, he's, he's like a like stunt legend, you know, and like, um, like his work, you know, on the Avengers and, and Captain America movies is just, just, you know, immaculately cool. So, you know, for me, it was again, stepping up into another league of people, you know, just kind of keep evolving yourself, keep trying to, to keep up with the crowd around you, you know, iron sharpens iron and stuff like that. And, yeah, so when I got pulled in as the fight coordinator, I, it's a huge responsibility, you know, because the uh, uh, fight coordinators typically, I think a lot of people will sometimes confuse them with like a, a right. choreographer, and sometimes they'll get confused with like a, a, a stunt coordinator or something like that. Well, a fight coordinator has like a, a bit of a weird role, and it's sort of something that uh, fluxes between different interpretations of it, but as I've been told, and is what i I've tried to perform, you know you're the leader of the fight team and so that means making sure all your men are up to snuff that everyone's on the same page you know those are your teammates uh, that you're going to be able to delegate things to task to and as well as like you know voice their concerns to you know up the ladder if they have an issue that needs to go to the stunt coordinator you know that's your job to make sure that that gets uh, you know up through the right channels as well as you know i i did the ma- like a majority or like a, a healthy chunk of the fight choreography and anything that I I fight coordinate, um, you're you're sort of expected to at least at, at the very least you know you you sort of have m- most of the answers to a lot of the questions, or you have a lot of alternatives to uh, you know put as potential answers to um, choreography issues you might run into. And then uh, yeah, shooting, editing, doing the VFX on something like the pre-visualization, So for a lot of those action scenes, and I was actually stunned. Like initially in the script, it, it, it doesn't read as having a ton of fights. Um, I thought maybe it just had, you know, like, it, like, I do not know how they're going to do the gun fights, but I just knew that as far as physical fights, there was only like three scenes where it really happened. He fights some kids, he fights, <laughs> um, during the Warner, and then he fights, you know, like at the, uh, uh, he fights like Gaspar at the end and the fight with Gaspar in the script is also very spoiler alert, I suppose for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, but that, that fight with him <laughs> is very brief in the script. It just, it's more of a dialogue exchange and then a, a threat with a gun and then it's over. And man, we, we made that a full-blown brawl oh, yeah. which was so much fun to do the uh yeah it, it, it was quite a heavy workload and extraction was such a great experience because it reminded me so much of the indie spirit you know it felt like you know, you're sitting there watching your director you know grab the camera and he's doing all this stuff himself and jumping off things and you're like this is like you know what the indie crowd was always doing you know where, where your director's like also doing a bunch of Hong Kong poses while he's using the <laughs> camera and you know, you're just sort of trusting that, you know, like, yeah, he's got, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's been here before doing these stunts, you know, and you, you know, you're working in like on a, at a lightning pace, you're just kind of coming up with solutions like all the time and just things change and things flux and bam, was it, it was so great because it, it just had that independent feel of like the spirit where every, the movie is built on the backs of everyone involved doing more than what's asked of them. You know, everyone's giving 110% and like, you know, trying to be impassioned in this, and put as much care in, and thought into what they're doing,
2: and it just becomes you know great as a result because you know everyone's really giving it their best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things that I noticed about the film was first of all, it, it looks great. It looks incredibly polished, really well done. But there were parts of that film that felt like. It was a let's see what we can get away with kind of vibe to it and it just and you you guys just took it and just ran with it and it was fantastic because the the energy in some of those scenes i i was literally like oh my god what's going on how how am i in the middle of all this and and i'm still you know trying to keep up with everything it was amazing yeah that that comes about when you have someone
0: like you know sam hargrave at the helm of it you know someone that uh really understands action really knows how to push for it and is willing to take those kinds of risks you know he could have been very very conservative in his approach to making that movie and just played it safe but he he really swung for the fences <clears throat> and and that extended to the fight design yeah, there were times when i'd ask him like are you sure you're okay with me putting this much jujitsu like pure brazilian jujitsu in this sequence and he's like yeah you know he's he's a he's a martial artist himself lifelong martial artist of many disciplines and you know he really appreciates that stuff as well and it. Man, you got to respect someone who's who's willing to let you take risks like that because he saw it as a creative choice, and you know that's something that I can really you know put on my fight coordinator reel on my resume and say, yeah, I was allowed to really go for these things, and and look, the director backed it up, and we went for it, and it turned out great. You know, yeah. I, I think it turned out really, really well. It did.
2: Fight. Well, what kind of things do you consider then when you were starting to design those fights? Like, what kind of things did you think were going to advance the story at, without? you know, feeling too superfluous.
0: Yeah. So when, when we first started designing sort of the the fights and, uh, the general pacing of the action, um, we were doing some prep in Los Angeles with it, uh, over to the Seven Eleven actually. And, um, Sam's notes were very clear sort of from the beginning, which was, you know, we don't want it to make it like over the top mm-hmm. Kung Fu. It needs to be, you know, it needs to have great energy. It has to be visceral, you know what I mean? And and we want it to really feel, uh, uh feel gritty, you know, and, and very, uh, like, you know, if, if people are wincing from things happening, then we're on the right path. And, you know, just to sort of paraphrase, I suppose, you know, none of that's verbatim, but at that point I actually started looking in like failed videos for a lot of like reps, like how can we just make people reckon like it, and have it look like a, <laughs> a failed video. It's just like, this was unexpected how hard this guy thought he was going to get hit or how far he was going to get thrown and then just see what, you know, that's what, because it's, it's, it almost becomes comedic, you know what I mean? It's like something that's so extreme. And then it takes the it it's visceral and you, you really go like, Oh my goodness. But at the same time, it doesn't make you want to turn away. You know, it's just, it's just something that you kind of get into. You can embrace the style of it, you know? And for me, when I first started that one, I mean, a lot of what I do, especially when I design the action for a lot of, you know, anything really is you always start with like the director's vision and you start with the script and the script, you know, was painting this guy, you know, that, that was very, you know, in the character of Tyler Rake, who's, fairly dark about, you know, like his his care for himself. You know, he's someone who's you yeah, I think the first scene you see him, he's just like drinking a beer and he jumps off a cliff. Yeah, right. You know, it's because he's he's you know, a little bit of like dead inside, you know, or whatever. You yeah, know, it's and uh uh they have a line in there that's so great, which is like you're hoping that if you if you spin the barrel enough times like it'll land on a bullet. And you know, that's essentially what his fighting style was informed by was that that double may care Uh, kind of blitzkrieg, uh, uh, you know, way of doing things, you know, and the fact that he's trying to extract his kid, you know, he's trying to get him out of there. Sometimes like his best solution is he really can't sit there and plot and plan. He doesn't have the time to think too much. What he can do is really shock and awe and overwhelm some, you know, the, the other, uh, the opposing side at first. And, uh, you know, you kind of see that in a lot of the breakdowns of the fights, he sort of starts much more prepared at the beginning of it. Uh, goes, he just, again, he swings for the fences, he goes after it and tries to surprise and, and stun and, you know, throughout the entire, you know, all the sequences, he just gets whittled down and down and down until it becomes more and more desperate. You know, and I think that se- that feeling of desperation is what makes it so visceral. You know, it's like, he's pulling out things just by the seat of his pants, you know? Uh, okay. Hey, there's that rake over there. Let me put this guy's eyeball through it. You know, it's like, Hey, there's a destroyed wall. Let me boot this guy face first into it you know, and I'll throw this uh, cup or I'll, I'll, you know, like kick this table, things like that, you know, which can come off as very, you know, like Jackie Chan. We sort of were inspired a little bit about that for that sequence. I know Sam, uh, uh, you know, is obviously a big fan of Jackie Chan. You can see some of his homages to it uh, um, online. And uh, yeah, that what really works for us there is the idea that, as you get into a bad situation, you know, you're going to run out of bullets. You're going to run out of bullets in your secondary. Your knife's probably going to get knocked away from you. And the more you can put your hero into this, like, desperate situation, it, the more entertaining I think it becomes. You know, you're just constantly throwing obstacles at them and just seeing how they can go. And you never let them rest. You know, once one thing seems like, hey, that worked. Oh, God, now I'm being tackled. Now I'm on the ground. Okay, one thing that went well led to something else going wrong. <laughs> now let's see how he navigates out of it. And, you know, that's where you get uh, really fun solutions and you get really cool uh Cool moments, yeah, you know.
2: And one of the things that makes those moments so cool is that uh, you got Chris Hemsworth, talented actor. Uh, obviously, he was Thor, uh, so he's got some action chops behind him. But <laughs> what was it like training with uh, guys like him and Randeep Hooda? Uh, were they easy to train? Were they game to throw down and get dirty?
0: Yeah, those guys were. I mean, I, I think a lot of uh, when we talk about the action for something like Extraction and how uh, far we can push the barrier on it. Um, I said before that a lot of that is due to you know Sam Hargrave and everybody it's also due to you know your talent Chris Hemsworth is got like a bizarre work ethic where he just doesn't (laughs) stop he might really be the god of thunder like and Chris Hemsworth is just like a that's like a cover story man he could not. Like he never like slowed down and it was great. You know, like we, we were always there, you know, to, to, to be there for him, you know, and like, you know, obviously our sunk guys are, are ready to go at a moment's notice and they can, you know, push themselves uh, really hard as well. Um, but it was cool. You know, he had every opportunity to be like, you know, I am I'm, I'm tired. You know, I might take a rest. And he would just put in an extra, like two, sometimes he would train, you know, three times, you know, rehearse, rehearse a sequence that's not coming up for a month because he wanted to get it so, you know, down pat and get it so perfect make sure you're it right. And, you know, that's something that, you know, Randeep was willing to do as well. You know, he, I don't, he didn't come from as much of an action background as, as Chris, I don't believe. Um, he wasn't a stranger to it. He'd done like an MMA film and you know everything, but he, he wasn't, you know, he didn't just come in already knowing how to shoot guns or do this, that. And for him, yeah, it's, it's definitely wild. You know, he had to keep up with Chris for all of those extra rehearsals because again, a lot of the fight stuff that we rehearsed was, you know, during the Warner they had that knife fight you know, they they do the, the sequence above the awning before they fall into the street, and then they have the knife fight afterwards. And that knife fight evolved, you know, quite a bit over the the process of it. And you know, it's it's wild to to get these guys who are phenomenal actors, and then you just put them through like stunt school <laughs> as as a performer, and they just keep going, you know, and that's really, really cool because you you sort of get your best action just when you can really use the talent and, and uh, um, make sure that there's no big separation between them. And like when they're doubles step in, they both had fantastic doubles, you know, uh, um, uh, Bobby Dazzler, uh, Bobby Helen and, and uh, Dan Carter did some amazing work, you know, doubling them. But, you know, there's just sort of, no substitute for when you can really get the talent in there and they look good and you can show their face and not worry about doing any replacement or anything like that. And just feel confident that they're just going to, they're going to get it. They're going to be safe. And, you know, they put in the the work, you know, they put in the hours and, you know, those guys definitely did. It makes, it makes the movie, in my opinion, you know, the same way that something like John Wick really, you know, as a phenomenal as the sun team is, it's just so wild to see Keanu do so much of it himself. You know, the fact that Chris is pretty much himself for most of that one or is just outlandish it's it's uncanny
2: (laughs) you know let's talk about that oneer because that is just a crazy crazy sequence uh not knowing about it beforehand when that started i was like oh that's cool uh, it's still going. Oh my God, that's really cool. And it's still going and it just kept going and the, the, the action just seemed to get piled on and on and on and all of a sudden <laughs> 12 minutes goes by and I'm like, what did I just watch? I can't believe I just went through that entire thing in one shot. It was amazing. <laughs> How challenging was that sequence to design? That, you know,
0: that sequence I think was something we started working on right <laughs> at the beginning. Even when I was still in Los Angeles for the, the two, three weeks that we were working there doing prep, that was the first on the uh, thing on the dock that was Hey, this is going to be a oneer. This is what we're going to try to accomplish. Let's start working on it now. And it's wild because Sam and Dan were, I believe, already over in India and uh, they're sort of looking at the location that, that we were going to use for the oneer. And so I was getting dimensions and stuff coming back from them, trying to build a box rigs for our pre visualization, you know, at 8711. And that just right from the beginning, you just immediately know, like, okay, well, this. Is sort of like a, a, a no-error zone. You know, you make one bad mistake, and it's like if it doesn't flow into the next shot, this is this is not going to work. So everyone has to be very clear about how we make this thing, you know, take place. And that that sequence had so much. It, it also being the very first thing that we we started to tackle the the sort of fight style of Rake and like you know his his energy and what we're going to use his choreography. It hadn't fully been settled yet, so we were still sussing out a lot of details uh, coming up with that, but. You know, I think Sam's vision was very clear. I think we did so much prep and so much uh, um, care in terms of like making sure that when we started to shoot that thing, it was going to roll off smoothly that, you know, when we got to it, there wasn't really too much to worry about. You know, despite how complicated it was, uh, you know, our leadership was really clear right from the beginning about how we were going to accomplish that. And they gave us time to go and prep and, and rehearse those things. And we shot, gosh, so many pre of that sequence. So many, I mean, so many different options too. You know, you're just knowing... I'm going to start from here or potentially from over here, but it has to match the wipe no matter what and has to end up on point B. So you can do this, this transition here to make it look like it's still seamless. And man, there's so much, it's it's almost like stunt math happening. <laughs> you're, you're just drawing graphs and like, you know, you're working, you're writing things down all the time. You're like, okay, wait, 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 let's go back to that sequence again. We'll, we'll, maybe we can change it here. Maybe we use this to get to the other side, but how much room is on that walkway when we're, when we're about to do that throw over the balcony. Okay. Maybe we go here, you know, and that's, Man, there's so many moving pieces to that, but honestly, that's the thing that really turned me on to wanting to work on that film. Like you know, I, I, that opportunity was a great opportunity regardless. But when I heard that we were going to attempt that Warner and the way it was being described to me, that was when I, as a stunt person, was like, "This is legacy. <laughs> yeah. you know, this is something that I want the next generation of stunt performers to look to and be like." Wow. That's the thing I was inspired by the same way that, you know, like we would look to something like a John wick or a, you know, or a, a an Ongbach or, you know, a flashpoint or, or, you know, anything but you know, jet leader, Jackie, and just be like, those are the things that I wanted to accomplish when I got older, you know, that's the inspiration. So for me, I wanted to, you know, be part of something that was going to leave that, indelible mark on the stunt community you know and and it's just sort of a way of you know having like personal pride about it you know uh if the movie was great or terrible it, it wouldn't have mattered so as long as that i i could say that i was i took part in that sequence you know for what it uh had accomplished as far as stunts
2: yeah it's, it's phenomenal and uh it happens fairly early in the movie so if you're not already invested in the film and you get to that sequence man, that whole sequence just locked me down to my chair. I was like, I'm not leaving because something else might happen like this and I need to see what else goes on. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: pretty It's pretty sweet. It's, I think that the that scene also, it sort of just starts in the middle of a bunch of action. Like the one is not apparent right. when it begins. You just sort of realize like, oh, like you said, it's like, oh, wait a minute. It, it, I don't think it's cut yet. Are we still in the same <laughs> yeah. shot? What's going on here? And, and you're like, oh my goodness. And at that point, once you know that it's happening, you're like, you're waiting for like how it's going yeah. to evolve. <laughs> like what, how long could they possibly carry this thing? Like, Holy crud! They just jumped over a building. <laughs> All right, they're still going. This is insane. It was. You know? It really
2: was insane. And I watched it a couple of times, and by, by, I think by the third time or so, I started to look for where the edits were. Honestly. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a that was a fun one. And I was I was helping edit the, the first, first few previses that we did, where we were actually shooting a previous on location. That Sam would give me the footage, you know, and I'm trying to chug this massive red footage through my laptop, which I I thought was just going to catch on fire <laughs> at some point in time. And, the cooling fan it sounded like an air airplane yeah. turbine like kicking up i was like oh god it's gonna detonate mission impossible style right in my face and uh and trying to you know sculpt out all of those wipes once you start seeing it come together and like how it's working in a pre visualization sense you're just like oh man this is really working this is actually happening like this is movie magic like man this is why i got into this business so yeah it just be it was such a cool experience to be part of that just from beginning to end well done on that
2: but um you know actually one of my favorite scenes was uh, where uh Chris Hemsworth character uh, gets into a fight with the kid gang which I thought was was funny and, and cool <laughs> because you could see that he didn't want to hurt these kids because obviously they're just kids and they don't know what they're doing. But yeah, um, but th- that action was actually really, really well done. What went into designing that? Because those kids had to be game to get into that too.
0: Yeah, that was so that, and that's a that's a wild scene. I remember early on when we were working on the prep. That was the other thing that we worked on in eighty seven eleven. It was like we we would spend the the first few weeks trying to get the winner set in place and also the kid fight. And The kid fight, I think, was very much a a conceptual thing you know how far can you push it there they are yeah. children and you know i'm sitting there really I was like so wait are they like they're like middle schoolers or like <laughs> high schoolers and they're like like they're like eight and ten i was like oh good lord so it's like you know when he calls them like the goonies from hell i'm like they might even be younger than some of them like that's crazy uh but and and knowing sort of like the um just like, you know, cultural viewpoints and like, how are you going to get away with doing this? You know, that's, you have to be really careful, you know, you you have to sort of make it into this comedic thing. And so early on, yeah, that was one of the big things. He, he's very clear. He, he racks all the guns out so that there's no live ammo in him, chucks the magazine off to the side and things like that. You know, if if he can debilitate a kid or just like stun them or like hold them in place, like he'll do that. But you know, ultimately like they're going to try and throw everything in the kitchen sink at him and he's not going to, you know, he can't kill them. He can't maim them, but he definitely will be fighting them. I was like, cool. This is like a nice tightrope to walk. And yeah, it's like what we, we sort of found out was that it what really works the most is it's almost like you're fighting, like, you know, like, uh, like a dad fighting his own kids, <laughs> you know, there's constantly, all over. it's like, we, we had this thing that we used to do. And like, you know, I used to teach martial arts a kid and I would sort of like play spar with like, you know, a class of them and stuff just to sort of like have fun. You know? And, you know, we would, we'd be working sometimes with like 20, like, four and a half to five to six year olds, you know, and they're all, they all got like sparring gear. And so like little like foam gauntlets on it. And, and you're like, all right, it's like all of you against me and go. And then it, you think it's going to be cool. And you're going to look like some action hero or something for a moment, like some comedic action hero, like, and going to have fun. And then you realize it's actually yeah. kind of hard. Like they, once they swarm you, it's like I, this, this, someone described to me as kicking through seaweed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, this is terrible. Like it's like, at some point I'm like, I'm just trying not to fall over. And like, you know, the other thing with like kids is like if they punch you, it's sort of right at like point yes. height, you know, it's like, I've just been punched by so many children and just gone down from like, oh gosh, like why did I challenge you <laughs> You know, to this thing? i like, I know I can't eat you and you can just, you're going to go nuts and just beat me to death. It's like, oh good Lord. So, you know, that, that frustration, that annoyance factor was like kind of the fun part about the, that fight scene. I mean, we sort of built that in. So, you know, things like where you know, like where he slaps him on the top of the head, you know, and he just stopped the kid's hand and that kid's like, what? Oh, oh, I'm not stabbing you. Let me smack this knife and see if I can actually get you with it. He's like, you just tried to stab me with a knife. I'm going to hit you (laughs) on the head, you know, and just like slapping him around a little bit. But at no point is it ever supposed to feel, you know, like that you're, that you're like, Hey man, that's too far, you know? And, and he, you know, we were very careful not to cross over that line. You know, it's like, we all love kids. Like we, we don't want to, really hurt kids you know we don't want to encourage people to hurt kids so you know but but that is a fight scene where he fights a bunch of kids so you know make it work and uh yeah finding the comedy in it is is what really helps all that and you know i think aside from maybe that first stunt where the kids go sailing through the air off the motorcycle you you get the feeling that most of them are probably just fine but just like more upset than anything else (laughs)
2: than uh than just being being critically injured or anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, speaking of critical injuries, uh you took a few hits in the film.
0: Oh yeah. I think I died like five times in that movie. Four of them are via Chris nice. Hemsworth, which uh, I was super I was super stoked about. Yeah, I
2: think you <laughs> took a fall down the stairs and I'm not sure if it was you, but did you take a sniper bullet to the face?
0: Yes. Yeah, that was yes. getting shot in the head and fallen down. And you actually see both of those clips, I think are on my Instagram as well. Um, just, just so I could remind myself that I really actually did some stuff in the movie, you know, and that, and that's, our team was, was so good. Like all of our, you know, the American stunt guys that we brought on there, you know, that were our, our core fight team, you know, bless their hearts. Those guys went after it day after day after day. And, you know, I, I was just like, at some point I'm like, I can't let you guys have all the fun. <laughs> you know, or it's like, you know, I, I don't want all you guys taking all the big bumps. Let me get in there and I'll, You know, let me let me take a hit for the team (laughs) at least once, you know, guys, geez. But, yeah, I got to do quite a quite a bit in there. And, you know, that's that's also fun because, again, I probably wouldn't have got that opportunity if if we didn't have someone like Sam Hargley running the camera and just knowing exactly what to do on his own. You know, I didn't have to really uh, go running back to the monitors every single time I tried. And then after a while, it was (laughs) uh, he knows what he's doing. He's he's. Yeah, it's like well, of course he's going to give me notes. I'm not going to give him. You know, he he knows what he's doing. That's awesome. Awesome. Let <laughs> like just try not to uh, get scared of this big Australian guy punching me in the
2: chest. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So everybody, if you have not checked out Extraction on Netflix yet, go check it out. It's it like he said. It is a it's a wild ride. And honestly, that one is if you if you're not into the film uh, by that point, once you sit through that 12 minutes, you you just can't leave. You, you honestly, you just can't leave. It's great.
0: Heck yeah.
2: <laughs> but all right, um, I've kept you quite a while, so let's do a lightning round. Okay, okay. I'm ready. All right, ready? First thing that comes to your mind. First question, have you ever been mistaken for a K-pop idol? Uh,
0: No, and uh, if someone ever did, that would be incredibly flattering, but I am, uh, I am not in good <laughs> enough shape to be one of those guys nor can i dance i can't okay. dance at all so. <laughs> all right uh pizza burgers or tacos uh i'm a burgers guy i love they would all tie for first place honestly but i mean i had a burger today and i just remember how much i love those things mm, okay does uh
2: does mcdonald's count as a burger uh absolutely i'm i'm no stranger to the to the mcd's like everyone everyone loves the mcdonald's every now and then <laughs> okay all right uh how often do you order from the secret menu at in and out oh
0: man i, I think yeah, i order from there like every single time i think <laughs> you, if you get fries that are not
2: animal style nice. your willpower
0: is so much better than mine they so much <laughs> <laughs> agreed agreed
2: Krispy Kreme or Dunkin Donuts
0: oh that's a that's a that's such a toss I'm gonna have to say Krispy Kreme just because if you catch it at the right time that's probably contextual honestly if you catch them at the right time when they're just open when they're fresh you know that's they're fire you can't beat them uh throughout the day if it's just like a general thing you need something to go with a cup of coffee you know what I mean it's like you know it's
2: cold out or whatever Dunkin Donuts is just fine but yeah nice. I'd, I'd have to pick Krispy Kreme just out of uh, out of ethical purposes, I think. Fair enough. Give me your best impression of Chris Hemsworth.
0: Uh, I'll get you home, kid. I'm I'm so bad at accents. He's, <laughs> do I sound attractive, or do I still sound like me? And all right, never mind. You know what? He's. <laughs> I think I'd
2: have to put on like. 40 more pounds of muscle before I could do his voice properly. That but was good. That was good. I actually saw Chris Hemsworth there for a second. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, last uh, lightning round question, and it's a trick question, so hopefully you're going to get this right, but what's your favorite podcast about Kung Fu and martial arts, and movies and entertainment, and now Extraction, which is on Netflix?
0: Uh, Oh man, you're holding a gun to my head as, uh, as I'm saying this, uh, it's the, it's the Kung Fu podcast, man. <laughs> of course I'm going to plug you.
2: Hell, hell yeah. You've been awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, all right, then tell me, uh, now that you've, uh, done extraction, what is next for Michael Lair and, uh let me know where the audience can go to, to follow you and, uh, follow your career.
0: Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. Um, so if, uh, even though it's been delayed, um, hopefully next year when, uh, Fast and the Furious 9 comes out, uh, I was the, uh, I was very, very, um, hum- humbled to be the, uh, co-fight coordinator on that film along with, um, uh, one of my, my, my longtime mentors, Justin Yu working for JJ awesome. Perry, another one of my longtime mentors. So, uh, when Fast 9 comes out, um, please check that out. Uh, I, the trailer's already out, and it's so cool. I have so much fun watching that thing. And uh, we're, we're as soon as the lockdown sort of washes to the point where we can go back to work, uh, hopefully they'll put us back to work out on a, a film called Samaritan that's going to be coming out uh, at some point in time. Um, hopefully we get to finish all of our work out on that. Uh, as for me personally, you can always find me at my, my Instagram. Uh, the name is Arts of Legitsu. That's a L-E-G-I-T-S-U. It's just too legit to quit. And then, uh, you know, if you ever want to hit me up on Facebook or something like that, Messenger, feel free. I'm, I'm always around. I'm always just uh, YouTubing cool fight stuff. So feel free to drop <laughs> me a line,
2: anybody. That's awesome. Uh, Michael Lair. Uh, congratulations on Extraction. Uh, again, fantastic film. Check it out on Netflix, everybody who hasn't seen it yet. Best of luck with everything that you got going on. Hopefully we're on the other side of this whole pandemic sooner rather than later and uh, like you said Fast and Furious 9 will be coming out with your work in it. Samaritan will be looking for that as well but uh, continued continued luck with the rest of your career. Uh, I'm looking forward to more of your work and uh, hopefully there's a lot more of that coming very very soon. Thank you again for taking some time out to talk brother.
0: Thank you. Ditto brother. Everyone stay safe out there. <laughs>
2: Huge thanks to Michael Lair for spending some time chatting and taking us through some of his adventures. He's doing some fantastic work, and you can catch some of that right now in Extraction on Netflix, directed by Sam Hargrave and starring Chris Hemsworth. Look for the guy in the red who takes a header down some stairs, because that will be Michael himself. Watch for his upcoming work on Fast and Furious 9 coming out soon, and maybe we can convince Michael to come back and talk about that too. Otherwise, give Michael a follow on Instagram at Art of Jitsu, and I'll post the links to all of his socials in the show notes and let him know that you heard him right here on the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Speaking of socials, give me a follow on all my socials as well. I'm on the Twitter, the Facebook, the Insta, the Prodigy, the CompuServe, whatever you got. And if you have some time, pull up the show on Apple Podcasts and hit me up with a rating or a review, and I'll shout you out for being so awesome. Until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison
1: Clan rocks the world. To the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, and get getting drunk And then we're fighting, ha This time it's war We smash the place up with our dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, and get getting drunk And then we're fighting, ha this time it's war we we'll smash the place up With a dragon claw I see the iron fist Debunked from the daily prayers Shouting monks on the hands Running down the thousand stairs The fate league Now's in King News hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the lands Yet yeah, the little big soldier Is older and wiser He wants a world of peace Because he doesn't want to fight you got the Venom mob Laying down the law Bruce Lee delivering kicks Guaranteed to great jars fight for the cars and pause Hear the applause Not the yen back kicks Will defeat the outlaws Very good But more do no hit back Yeah the death jewel's here David he's is coming back The Tai Chi master Jetley's even faster the channel a little trick Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time shine, China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see magic show his spine oh, Golden Swallow has arrived Chan chi movies Will the hero ever survive? We've got the Brave Archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black Cut the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching-Ying To kill them all So stand back He plays the black magic On the soul of the sword it's time it's war We smash the place up With a dragon claw See it's a game of death Yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time In China Counting the tick tock A shogun assassin Slashing blood or just did drop The head kick Neck drop, Balance the bone star. stop Wanna kill Bill Better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow But she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the parties On the floor When the blood It'll splatter against the wall Don't no fear at all to kill them all There's always blood spilled When you head into a war Fearless Unlocked the fist of legend that's the car jet league, I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast, you rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumbling the streets, in a simple, see the facts are these, there's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee, welcome to the tea house, ready for some action, drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting, ha, this time it's one, we smash the place up with a driving class, we're welcome to the tea house, ready for some action, drink a little